Hey everybody, welcome back to the Inside View Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Azuniga, and today we are going to dive into what types of property to invest in. Stay tuned. Hey everyone, I'm Josh Azuniga, co-founder of the Inside View Real Estate Podcast, where we give you bite-sized pieces of information and give you an inside look on all the major topics, whether you're investor, buyer, seller, or flipper. Stay tuned. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Inside View Real Estate Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Josh Zuniga. I am here with the sensational... Ooh, that was good. That was a good one, right? Like Carl Freund. And we are talking about what types of property you invest in here within 2020 in the real estate market. That's an exciting topic, don't you think? It, well, it's nerdy. It definitely can be. Is it be. exciting? I don't know. Really well, we'll see. Because the reason why we're bringing this up, guys, I get a lot of requests from friends either obviously here locally and from other markets. So, hey, Josh, I know you're talking about the podcast, talk about investing. I want to know exactly what types of property I need to be investing in and what's best for my situation. So yeah. what I personally, me, I invest in single family. I also okay. have a condo. But if I were to do things in reverse and start over again, multifamily. Hands 100%. 100%, right? And just hashtag not condo. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and let's talk about why we don't want to talk about invest in condos first. Mm -hmm. The HOA is going to kill you. It completely it kills you. Rushed. Yeah. So completely. Like, literally every time I buy a condo, like I kick myself in the ass later. I'm like, why the hell did I just buy that? Because it eats up a lot of big proportion of your cash flow. Absolutely. And do you know what's really really sexy? Tell me. Cash flow. Absolutely. Cash flow is very very sexy. So for me, looking at and I built multifamily recently. I invested in multifamily for probably about ten or thirteen years. Yes. It's sexy, right? And I love that recurring income. And the reason why multifamily is very sexy is very similar to why Airbnb became, Airbnb became kind of sexy is that you have a little bit of diversity in income. Mm -hmm. And so with Airbnb versus long term, what happens? You've got increments of time that might be vacant, but it's never vacant for an entire month. Where long term, what happens? You know, you get a turnover, somebody moves out on, you know, uh, April 30th, well, somebody might not move in until June 1st. Yeah. Multifamily has a little bit of similar diversification because it's multi-family yes and so you know you might have small increments of vacancies but it's never all at one time and that's why i don't personally like single family for uh investment unless it's like an airbnb yeah uh and i'm really not liking the airbnb model matter of fact i sold the last one off and i told airbnb to go pound sand yeah it's yeah. another topic guys story. we got a bunch yeah, of totally. airbnb episodes coming up so stay yeah. tuned for that too uh, not my favorite but yeah. you know I, I think that in the long term multifamily is very very sexy because I do think that real estate is appreciating so fast that people are getting priced out of the market. Mm -hmm. And so you look at you know big companies that are really investing heavily into multifamily right now, they're killing it. Absolutely. They're killing it. Yeah. And even just to go back and say like why I would reverse and do multifamily first. So when I first got in my first property, it was a two bedroom, two bath, thousand square feet condo here within Scottsdale. The HOA is nasty. You know, it added another additional $250 to my mortgage payment, put me at 1500 bucks. And if I decide to rent that, which I am, um, that's obviously coming straight out of my cash flow, right? Mm -hmm. But if I were to do things in reverse, definitely would have started out with like multifamily, either like here within uh, Arizona, a triplex if you can, or a fourplex. One of the reasons why, if you know things about lending, you can actually do an FHA loan on a triplex or a fourplex. Once you get into five, then you become a commercial loan. Mm -hmm. It's going to be um, it's going to be a little bit harder as far as qualification, and then we're going to acquire more down. So. You can exactly get, for the price of one, you can get three to four units, guys. Pay attention to that. Three to four units, potentially. 
And if you have the ability to get a, th- a three or a four instead of a three, definitely go for the four. You mm-hmm. want as many units as possible because sometimes when you do the math, say as an example, this triplex is 300, but the fourplex is 350, right? So on a mortgage, I may be anywhere from three to $400, but if you're able to put a tenant in there, you could potentially cash flow an additional four to 500 on top of the additional you're paying for the mortgage. And then there you go. Yeah, Each so unit is actually producing income. And that's just your first property. And guess what? If you decide to sell, if you decide to keep it and make all of them rentals and you lived in one, quote unquote, then you can buy another property another year or two and yeah. put an additional money down. So. And, and so one of the things that we need to clarify for the audience, too, is that you have to live in the property. Yes, right? you So do. you can't gain the system. So you actually need to live in that property if you can be using an FHA loan. But mm-hmm. there's a cool thing that a lot of people don't know is that people look at the uh, FHA uh, loan limits and they say, wait, wait, wait a minute, I'm, I'm capped at this. And I'm not going to give the number because it changes all the time. Yeah. I'm capped at this for a single family. And I'm like, wait a minute, did you look and see what the multifamily, the four-unit loan limit is? It's massive. And depending on what county that you're in, it could be $900,000. Yeah. Right? And so they can use the income from the three other units to actually help you qualify for the FHA loan. It's a no-brainer. And then you're, you know, you're actually appreciating on a million-dollar property, not a $400,000 property. And so your, your ROI is ridiculous. And then you've got three people paying you know, helping to pay for the mortgage. That's yeah. a no-brainer. That's, that's, it makes total sense. Like, math is math, guys. Like, if you're actually thinking about going into investing, whether you're buying your first property, maybe even going to your second, then when the numbers make sense, they just make sense. I know a lot of people have sometimes hesitations or reservations on going into multifamily. I don't want to manage the property. You know, I don't want to have to do any repairs. And just coming here within Phoenix, Phoenix, a lot of these uh, multifamilies aren't in the best of areas, Yeah. Some of them are going to be run down. Some of them are built from like the 50s, 60s, 70s. They've been there forever, and the owners have not taken great care of them, or the tenants have actually pretty much run them down. And mm-hmm. that's going to be actually come on to the new owner, and they're going to have to actually you know, do some repairs in it to itself. So, yes, there is risk. There is time. There is effort involved. But if, like I say, if the numbers make sense and you have a good team on your side and a good real estate agent that can show you the actual picture on what to do and how to paint it, so it makes it, um, sense for you as an individual and for your family in the future. I always say you got to take the risk. You got to start taking risks sometimes in, in your life as far as vesting and actually producing additional income. Would you say us? Yeah, hundred percent. And can, Josh, can you just break it down for our audience real quick? Rank them in order of what you would be investing in right now. The one, two, and three. Multifamily. If if the numbers make sense here within Phoenix, the prices have appreciated so much that it's almost like the numbers aren't making sense for a lot of properties. And the investors that actually own them, they're like saying, hey, yeah, we're going to try and you know see exactly what we're going to take advantage of in the market. Outside of that, I would go single family. Okay. And if you want to do single family, you know, try and create more uh, income from just actually doing a long term, like Carl was saying, Airbnb. There's pros and cons about everything, right? And condo, I'd obviously I would choose last or a townhouse because of the HOA fees. A lot of them don't even allow you to do Airbnbs also to reduce income. So you're going to have to be in there for a long-term process. If you do buy something as a condo or even single-family home, make sure it's in an area that where the rates are continuing to appreciate, 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 or even sometimes you can even set the market. Case in point, I just bought a new build, and I had a client buy a new build in the same area. Hers is the same square footage of mine. I put a long-term tenant into mine. I had somebody sublease hers out. She's making $800 a month on her rental property above her mortgage, $800 a month. I'm only making four. So I did a better job for her than I did for me. So I'm happy about that. But next, when I take my tenant out, I'm definitely going to go with that and start charging $2,400. I set the tone in the market for that community, which is awesome. 
Cash flow is king, baby. Absolutely. Yep. All right, guys. So if you guys have any other questions on what types of property to invest in, please feel free to reach out to Carl and I. We're happy to speak on any of the topics. If you want to know anything more about investing, please reach out to us, and we'd be happy to speak to you. Until next time, we love you, we miss you, and we'll see you again soon, all right? Take care. <laughs>